Hi everyone, it's Joyce. I just wanted to say that I hope you're keeping safe, healthy, and hanging in there. Sending love your way and my thoughts are with you. To help spread the word of positive inner beauty, I invite you to please subscribe, rate, five stars would be lovely, and leave a review on Hello Beauty. This makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Thanks and enjoy this episode. Stay curious. Be a beginner's mind forever. Look at everything with curiosity like you've never seen it before. And I think that childlike spirit, that excitement about seeing everything as new, keeps me very fresh and and very excited and, and illuminating. Hello, beauty. Yes, you. Join me, host Joyce Platon, as I chat with today's beauty, wellness, and lifestyle visionaries. Let's discover their motivating journey together as I merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty. Hey there, Joyce Baton here and welcome to Hello Beauty. Today's special guest is Grace Harry. Grace is a joy strategist and is leading the joy revolution. Her career and background in entertainment as a creative director, manager of Usher, and philanthropist brought her to start the joy revolution where people craved her energy and spirit. She's worked from Jay-Z to Lauren Hill to lead them to their destined path through personalized childhood play. Grace believes that everyone's birthright is joy. Welcome to Hello Beauty, Grace. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited for this episode because 2020, as we all know, has been cray cray. <laughs> and definitely we need all the resources that we can get to just induce happiness, mental health and well-being and what have you. And just to stay on top of our health, you know, whether it be mind, body and soul. So I am just so excited to pick your brain regarding this specific topic. And I know that for those that don't know, you actually have been part of such a fast paced and high demand industry from managing Usher, to being a chef in the food industry. Talk to me about knowing when to pivot and the journey that led you to where you are today. Yeah, well, I think it's funny, um, fast-paced industry. I think pretty much they're all the same at the end of the day. You know, you have a business, you have a product, and the focus for everyone is to, how do we sell that? And sometimes that turns into, I realize I have to stop right that turns into people compromising I think more of an inner beauty, right? What is the thing that makes you feel that you glow? What is the thing that makes you feel beautiful to yourself? And so any industry, fast-paced, slow-paced, does it really light you up? Is it really speaking to a beauty inside your soul that keeps you alive? And what I realized at the end of my journey of 29 years in the music industry, you know, managing, being in management was just a very small piece of a bigger journey, which was creative development and working with artists to express their, their, express their vision and their passion from their heart in a way where people could relate to it and feel how it lights them up. Um, so how do you maintain that in any industry? It's really finding the joy in your own heart. So that's, that's amazing. That's how I've been able, managed to do that. And it's funny when I talk to artists, because I believe we're all creators in different ways, just because you make music specifically if you create anything, you created a podcast. Everybody has something that is burning in their heart and, and that they want to share with people and they want to connect in a way that they feel will make someone else's life better. Um, and so a lot of artists would say to me often, I miss your energy, I miss your, your spirit. And I realize that people need that more than anything else, no matter what you're creating. 
Yeah. So what is this specific spirit and energy that you would bring to the table when you're amongst these artists that I know that could be like high strung because there's just so many that is being asked of them. Are you there to just kind of like talk them through what's going on or just like just talk to them like normal people because sometimes they need that, right? Well, I think we all need that. And we all are normal people. I think that yeah. we live in a world that is so, I realized I, know, I need some height. We live in a world that's <laughs> so about, um, you know, celebrity and, and, and people who have, quote unquote, acquired more than other people. And mm-hmm. the truth is, is that everyone is just a person dealing with issues that are challenging, that make them feel that their particular gift, no matter how celebrated, maybe connect to the rest of the world. So it's just reminding people on all levels, everybody, yourself included, that what your passion is, is your passion. What your gift is, is if it lights you up, if it changes your life, then the work is making sure that you continue that for yourself so that you become this illumination of your own joy. And that's infectious. That's something that everybody really wants to have a piece of. And so it's reminding people that that's, you know, you're, you're having a day, you're like, I can't book the podcast, I'm having a hard time connecting with people. That's because you're missing that energy and ingredient within yourself. And so the more that we spend the time lighting our own selves up, filling our own selves up with joy, the more that instead of you reaching out to someone and say, I have something that I want to give you, people are reaching out to you and saying, what are you doing? How are you feeling so alive? How are you glowing from the inside out? And that's really the point of whether I'm working with artists, whether I'm working with any creator, my own children, myself, it's instead of living an outside in world, how do we create an inside out world? And that, I believe that's what 2020 has really been about. You know, we've yeah. lived in such a swipe right, swipe left world. Everything's been aesthetic and superficial. And that's not, doubt, that's not dissing um, dating apps, because I think they're actually important in the way of the true reason they were created, which is instead of aesthetically connecting, how do you connect to someone who really makes you feel invincible? How do you connect mm-hmm. with people where you can see each other's divinity inside our humanity? It's this beautiful balance of gravity and levity, fun, joy, happiness, and also intellectual growth and capacity and creating a consciousness that's always helping you see everything as information. Yeah, no, I love that. So what is exactly joy strategist and why do we even need a strategy? Is it really that difficult to induce joy? Yes, unfortunately. And this is, I'm leading a revolution of joy to change just that. You know, we learn as little kids how to get dressed, how to feed ourselves, how to, you know, look both ways crossing the street, but we're not taught to self-soothe as adults. We're not taught that. And, and right now it's so trendy and popular mental health and wellness but if we really had learned that if we really knew how to live from our hearts and connect in a way that made us feel safe in our connection of our heart we wouldn't be needing to figure out all this self-love self-care you know how do i go all the new catchwords the truth is is that when we're little we lived only in our heart you know i would say to you yeah i like your necklace can i have it or I would say, like, I'm playing this game. Can you play it? I don't want to get on the podcast yet because can you get on House Party and we, we can do a karaoke game? Because we were, we were filling this, this imagination, mm-hmm. this idea of joy and pleasure was our birthright and our North Star at all times. I would be talking to you. I'd be shaking my arm. You know, why are you doing that? I don't know. It feels good. But then that, we didn't stop doing that because we got older and realized that wasn't important. 
we stopped doing those things that we felt good about because the well-meaning adults around us told us don't do them, right? Mm. They start shooting us and donting us and canting us. And so what we want, we're creatures of love. We are the bonobos. We might not be having sex t- to cure problems like the bonobo monkeys, but we definitely mm. are, are love creatures. We want to be loved. We want to love. We want to connect. And so when we, the well-meaning adults in our lives started showing us all the ways that our connection wasn't working for them, we started altering to be more in line to receive that love. And, and that's a shame in a lot of ways because the, I make this joke all the time. You said make some jokes. The, yeah. <laughs> the most important job of the entire universe is raising future adults. But it's the one job that you only can apply with no experience the first time. That's a weird thing. Yeah. Either that's a joke of the universe or that is supposed to be that way because we need to connect back to our, our childhood pleasure so that we can understand how to even rear the next generation who's supposed to impact the world in a beautiful way. You know, mm-hmm. in ancient cultures, if we were going to pro- procreate and bring a child into the world, we knew that was our biggest honor. And the elders and the people around us would help us to be our best selves and figure out how we remove any old programming. But now we live in our story based on the things that we feel happened in our lives that have been problems or have been our greatest assets. But all of those are the same things. It's just how we translate those stories. So joy is not what we feel is the most important thing in our lives. And that's why we have to, that's why it's so difficult. And we've all, we're smart and we've gotten so good at our, um, our awareness of the issues, right? My favorite word to complain about is triggered. You know how everyone says triggered now? I'm but triggered. <laughs> when you're hungry, you don't say I'm hungry and then just sit there like this. You then, <laughs> if you're naked and you're cold, you don't say I'm naked and cold and just sit there. So triggered mm-hmm. is the same thing. Triggered is just information. I didn't trigger you. I just tripped a wire of something that already was an issue that your story perceived as being a problem, right? So then mm-hmm. it's not, I'm triggered, I'm triggered, I'm triggered. It's, oh, I'm triggered. What happened? Oh, oh, you know what? It was that time that Jen said that thing to me that made me feel really bad. And why did that make me feel bad? Oh, because when I was seven, my grandmother said, well, you look really in that dress, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So it's just that we've created this little um, roadmap of issues that are really there as a breadcrumb to go back to, to, to pull mm-hmm. those weeds out so that our rose garden can grow. But if we, we, we don't let, if we leave all those things there. So I say that to say, we've also gotten good at being triggered and I need self-help and I need some me time. But when you go into pleasure and joy, wow, that's where the real information happens because then guilt, shame, unworthiness, lack of authenticity, all of a sudden, all of these story confusions start to come pouring down on us of all the reasons we don't deserve pleasure and joy. So to me, that's, that's where I like to start. Because then I start to, I'm going to help you go back. Let's go back to those stories and unravel some of that old bullshit that's not real. And so that you then wake up every morning and instead of, you, you choose servitude. You wake up, you look at your phone, you look at your computer or your partner or your kids. You're immediately thrusting yourself into someone else's needs. You've told yourself from the start of your day that you're not the star of the story. Mm-hmm. And then now you're out of joy because you're hamster wheeling to please other people to get the pat in the head and the gold star to feel good. 
But when you choose joy as your life strategy, I sit with you and say, what is your dream? What is your dream? And not in your head, because that's recycled information. That's just a computer Rolodex. It's not, that's other people's information. But in your heart, what was your dream? What do you want to feel in five years? Where do you want to be? What is the environment? And then I work with people to take that dream, boil it down to small steps that you can do every single day right now. Tiny steps. If you said to me, you know what, I want to live in Istanbul and I want to be a writer about painting. Okay, well, you could do that. How do we do that right now? So that right now you're living in your dream. Well, every, we start by figuring out, do you know anyone who lives in Istanbul? No. Okay, well, let's find someone that you feel is aspirational who's done something to write about Istanbul. And then we will reach out to those people, stalk them, find them, do some inspirational interviews. You'll also do some more research about painting. Maybe you'll start painting. Or mm -hmm. a lot of people say to me, I want to be in a partnership. Fantastic. Make your list of the partner, what you want in a partner. And then once you have this robust list that really speaks to the real whole person, not mm -hmm. like they're five ten and they're hot, that's not a fucking partner. That's a Barbie. You, someone who's spiritual, whatever, I'm just making this up. Someone who loves <laughs> I love it. Me, yeah. Who's spiritual, somebody who likes to play, whatever the list is in your heart, not in your head, not what your aunt thinks is your partner, but what you think mm. is your life partner, whatever that is. I don't care if it's a, a frog, whatever you feel. Yeah, is your I love, partner. yeah, I love it that, you know, we kind of dumb down what we really want just because of what other people think and feel That's about right. us. You're like, you're just so afraid about other people's opinions. And you're actually answering my next question of what are the tangible steps to induce joy? And you're, yeah, you're, you're well, answering it already. Well, no, actually the number one step is to wake up and do one small thing. I don't care if it's three minutes that make you the star of your own story. Mm -hmm. If you are really a type A person, then I suggest that you just literally before you get out of bed and grab your phone, roll in your sheets. Just have a thousand gratitudes or whatever you want to call it. A thousand things that make me happy. And I go to that big number, a thousand, to actually start to make fun of yourself in the gratitude. So once you go to a thousand, you're laying in your bed. Oh, I'm so grateful I woke up. I'm so happy that I'm in a house that's warm. I'm so happy I have clean sheets. I'm so happy I have a friend to call if I want to. When you get to a hundred, you start to make fun of yourself because you're like, I'm happy I have cells. I'm glad I have blood because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have to do that and make fun of ourselves out of these moods because we have to change our state. Because if you're in a state of sadness and confusion and you start wallowing in that, you're just going to make more sadness and confusion. But if you start your day with some pleasure and joy, okay, some people say to me, Grace, I don't have any time. All right, well, if you're taking a shit in the morning, you have like at least two minutes. Put something next to your toilet, whether it's a inspirational words, a book of jokes. If it's, I don't care if it's a doodle pad and you're going to draw something. It's a, your phone and you have a pre, and I say this because I don't want you to start to look through your phone because that's mm -hmm. a danger. If you make a pre-planned night before playlist of three songs that make you laugh or a joke that comedians tell, so that you've spent that time now making it about you. You're, you're fun, you're laughing, you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. I love dance, that changes my state. So I do a, a 30 minute dance party with my timer in the morning and I make a playlist of songs from my whole life that either make me laugh or feel sexy or invincible. I mean, it, it's everything from Maria Callas, the opera singer, to Megan the Stallion. It's like everything. Yeah. When I was a little kid that I loved in plays, like Free to Be You and Me and Really Rosie. So it, because they're, they're all songs that don't take me down a rabbit hole of sadness or mislove or, or circumstance. They're only things that bring happiness. And so then I do that. 
and then I start my day because I feel like I've moved and I feel empowered and it can change all the time. Um, mm -hmm. Another big thing is who is your community? People don't realize that this life is a game. And if you don't create, like in basketball, you're starting five and you pick players that are, who are really gonna help you evolve and transform, you're already behind the eight ball. Because that means that every time you reach into someone, reach out to someone for some level of support, even if it's just to shoot the shit, you may be tapping into a landmine of someone else's problems. And if you are like me and you're a people-pleasing chameleon, fear of rejection, I, then you immediately stop everything you're doing and you're now in that world because it's- I'm initial. definitely that way. Yeah. Right. So the problem is with that is you and I were taught, especially as women, there's such bad marketing to women about this. Um, but then we're taught that being a good person means that we make sure everyone else is good. Mm -hmm. But just like on the airplane, if you don't put your own mask on first, you can't help anybody else. So it is essential. And people laugh before quarantine, oh, you're playing joy, it's so light. It's, no, it's essential. It's essential tool of transformation, joy. And it's our birthright. And as kids, we had it, we accessed it before. So it's just finding those ways that you trip those wires of other people's opinions and you get back to your joy. So who's your starting five? Who's your community? It doesn't mean you get rid of your friends and your family, but it means that the people that you connect with at least once a week, even if it's three people, that you talk about things that support each other, that grow each other, that are fun and light, and that you know you have the people to call on for resources to be bigger, to grow, yeah. to expand. So those, are, so those are two of my top favorites. I can keep going, but those are- Yeah, <laughs> well, what do you think about meditating? Because you know, you always hear this, once you wake up, give 10 minutes to meditating. I mean, sometimes it could also be daunting and could be another task, right? You know, we can't always be perfect. And you know, a lot of people are not quote unquote professional meditators or they don't know how to start. So what do you think about this? I think that especially in America, we get so trendized, right? I remember, mm -hmm. I'm older than you, I'm 50. So I remember when soy was a thing, all of a sudden there was freaking soy everything, soy hot dogs, yeah. ice cream. That's such an American thing is that we want to overdo something when we think we have the secret. Meditation is fantastic in the concept that our heads are full of information. And that's not actually where our joy lies. Our joy lies in our heart. We used to, you know, if you talk to old people, they don't say, what do you think? They say, how do you feel? Or what do you feel for? Because we, that's really the truth of us. And other cultures understand that the solar plexus and your stomach and this whole area, the third chakra, whatever you want to call it, that is the actual real brain of your body. That's actually what's controlling your fight or flight and your relaxation. So getting back to that idea of feeling is getting out of your head. And all those are cycles, thoughts that just make you feel crappier. Your subconscious who's like, oh, you're funny looking or no one likes you and all the mean things that it created for survival from our survival stories. So meditation in its essence is fantastic. Now, do you need anything else to penalize yourself about that you're not doing right? No. So really all meditation really is, if you listen to it, Eckhart Tolle, or um, you know, anyone who talks about spirituality, Ram Das, it's any activity that you can do where you're not living in the future or in the past. Will Smith said this amazing thing last week. He said, I'm a futurist because I've spent all my time living in the future to avoid the uncomfortable feeling of the present because mm -hmm. there's nothing in the present but you. The past is convenient because you can make yourself feel shitty and victimize yourself and blah, 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 and what you didn't feel good about, which is convenient because we know how to handle that level of pain. Or you live in the future and you're always visioning something better coming. You're never actually where you are. You gotta feel it to heal it. So to me, a meditation is even going back to my thousand gratitudes in your bed. Instead of grabbing your phone or making a, a list of the day, 
if you stare out at the sky and you really stay present to it, you look at the sky, you absorb the color and you feel it, that's meditation. Mm-hmm. Anything where you can get into your own space fully is meditation. There's this wonderful Japanese practice that I forgot the name of right this moment, but what it translates to is forest bathing. And the idea is that you walk in nature and you let your eyes and therefore your full physiology take in each shade of the green of the trees. Why? Because then you're present. It's when you listen to a song and you listen to the lyrics versus you're just listening, you're just hearing as background noise. If you're going to listen to the lyrics, that's meditation. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's tantric meditation. I mean, um, um, transcendental meditation. Because that, I don't know if you know what transcendental meditation is. It's another big trendy thing I actually really love because it's, it's, it's taking a mantra, a vibrational sound and repeating it. And it's really good for creative people because creative people have a rhythm all the time that's hard to make silent. So my point is meditation's great. If you're not going to make it another thing to flog yourself about, if you're going to actually do it in a way that brings space and light into your physiology, great. If not, getting up and doing a three-minute crazy dance party to a print song is also meditative because it's going to get you reminding your subconscious, no, it's about us. Me, mm-hmm. the conscious, you know, the truth of me and the subconscious story that if you think about this, if you went hunting, you need someone to say, there's a lion behind you. You're going to get eaten. So this subconscious conversation we have running is not to torture us. It really, it really was for a good reason. But now that we live in these cities and stuff, we don't really need that level of, oh my God, you're going to die. But we then interpret everything as that. You go to a party, someone's wearing the same dress as you at this big event and you're on the red carpet. That could feel as dramatic as a lion eating you if that's part of the value of your story. So anything you can do to get out of that, get back into some joy and laugh at yourself like you started the conversation with. You said, this is a, make jokes. But that's what we need to do for ourselves. Don't take ourselves lightly, laugh, play with us, make fun of ourselves. That's where the strategy of joy is. How do we make joy the most important thing in our entire life? And what's the strategy so that we don't, crap on ourselves and get out of that because that's what we try to do yeah do you recommend like for example oh first two weeks try to come up with what makes you laugh what makes you happy because i know it's like a habit right you know a lot of us it's pretty normal that we just live in our heads usually even when we are on that process of inducing joy we end up judging ourselves and then we quickly get out of that act of you know being happy and being joyful so what are your advice and, you know, trying to get out of your head when these things happen? Yes. And, and I love that. It's not a two week process because mm-hmm. two weeks is enough time for us to wiggle out of that exercise. No, <laughs> I want every, I want, like when you are raising a baby, you create a routine to get their day going and you create a routine to get them to sleep and get them to bed. Why mm-hmm. do we leave that? We need that too, because our sleep is important. Our sleep is giving us information. It's, it's really getting our bodies to rest. Our bodies do work to heal our organs and clean and shed things at night. So an important sleep is essential. And so is how we wake up and start our day. And so, no, I don't want a two-week process. I want every single morning. I don't care if it's a minute. Before you do anything for anyone else, what can you do for yourself? And then it becomes a second-to-second process all day. We, don't, we seem baffled by this, but if we had a new lover, we'd know exactly what to do. We would tell them, great things about themselves. We'd come up with a million ideas to make their lives happier, right? If they called and said, I'm coming over in an hour, although we were too tired to shower ourselves and make ourselves the proper meal, 
all of a sudden we have the strength of a million people to get <laughs> dressed, sexy, make, clean our house, make a meal. Clean our house like at 10 p.m. We're like, what's going on? <laughs> so yeah. that is essential. <laughs> Yourself like your own best lover. When you get in the house, you don't flick I off your stuff. You, you go to the cabin and you pick out the best glass that you have and you pour water for yourself and you drink it with luxury. You Marie Kondo mm. your life. Yeah. You're, you're your own lover. You're your own client. You're your own best friend. That's what self-love means. So it's treating yourself that every second. If something happens and you, you landed the, the most incredible person to be on your podcast and they cancel 10 minutes of work, you don't beat yourself up and think you failed. You're like, you know what? You treat yourself like a lover or your best friend. That's okay. It wasn't meant. Something else is going to happen. And you create this dialogue with yourself. Lauren Zander, who's an incredible life coach and from the, started the Handel Group, she talks a lot about inner dialogue. And inner dialogue is this mean, nasty person inside ourselves who thinks they're helping us. It's like your best friend who's kind of snarky. Eh, that dress doesn't look good on you. You kind of look fat. That's who we have inside ourselves. They're projecting themselves. <laughs> right, but we do it to ourselves all day. Mm -hmm. That little voice is doing me all day. Well, I love that lipstick on you, but mm, your lips are very big. You're like... <laughs> so it's treating them like your friend. You know what? Mm -hmm. I love this. Actually, I hear you, but I think it's great. I know that, you know, Auntie, Auntie Sarah thought that, that nobody should wear red lipstick, but I look hot. So it's, it's, it's creating a dialogue and a love relationship with yourself. Like you are your own child. Whatever, the, whatever works for you. You're your own lover. You're your own employee. Whatever wording connects with you. Mm -hmm. Lauren was telling me about inner dialogue for months and I couldn't get it. And then I read this book um, by Michael Harrison, I think his name was a singer, called The Untethered Soul. And he talked about inner dialogue this way. He said, imagine if you had somebody who you hired as a life coach and, or, or an employee and they talked to you like crap all day, you'd fire them. Mm -hmm. But so why don't we fire that person that's talking to us inside our own heads all day? So we can't Absolutely. fuck them, but we can definitely really take control and tell them who's boss. And even mm -hmm. appreciate, like sometimes now when I don't listen, I'll, I was in the shower yesterday and I closed this bottle and something said, well, the subconscious, don't close the bottle. And you know what, 20 minutes later, I dropped something, I, something was dirty in my hands, I had to reopen it. So now this subconscious is actually becoming my assistant. It's helping me because I'm no longer interested in its mean gossip and its torture of, my, of me. So it's like a friend who always wants to talk crap about your, your other friend. If you don't, if there's no game, if you don't play it. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a journey. Yeah. But it's a, it's a journey every second of the day. Mm -hmm. so a journey is a, another word like trigger that makes people feel like, oh, I'll put it off for <laughs> no. It's a, it's a conversation and a love affair all day, every day, every second. That's I why love that. Because you got to strategize. You got to put things everywhere. If you're, you're going to go on a long trip, you're going to bring water, you're going to bring snacks. But every mm -hmm. day is a long trip. So why aren't we bringing games, toys, tools, markers? Like I walk around with these things. Oh, cute. Yeah. That's because so cute. I need some fun. I have someone gave me this last week, this little magic eight ball. Little, Ooh, little devil I love those. But, you know what? Have it on the desk because these things are important. These things make you laugh. Like, is yeah. today going to be a good day? Okay. Those childhood, you have toys. So, I love those. Not a chance in hell. That's <laughs> <laughs> so not even the magic ball. We're trying to tell you positive. It's like, no, you're screwed. But it's funny. And I need exactly. it. I might get a yeah. call in an hour, but something I wanted so much is now not going to happen. And I could torture myself, tell myself I'm a loser and I'm a bad person. I could do all that. 
Or I could change my state and just be like, eh. Yeah, I love that. I and love that what you mentioned about it being a love affair because us, you know, like what you talked about, like as Americans, we're all about quick fixes and um, snack, uh, snack bite type of tips and tricks. Oh, in 21 days, you're going to get your abs or in three months, you just do this program, you get results. So I love that you are being real and authentic. Like, Hey, there's no such thing as like an overnight transformation. Right. And the reason we want that is because we don't want to feel right. These things that, mm. that hurt our hearts really young, they're real. They feel really impactful. If you think about this, you're a baby, you're nursing, your mother's feeding you from her bosom. And every day she rubs your head. It's a beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. On the 13th day or 12, whatever, she takes a call while she's nursing you. And all of a sudden her whole energy changes. Who mm -hmm. knows that her best friend maybe is sick or she, mm -hmm. whatever happened. But as a pre-verbal baby, all we're focusing on is this energy is different. And we go to us. Oh, what did I do? And so we become performative and we, because we, we're looking, and that is really where people like you and I, who are people pleasers, where we get born. Because we want everyone around us to feel good. And we'd start to feel like it's us that is the reason they don't feel good. And mm -hmm. so that's the exercise right there. How do I start to change those stories? By being sweet to yourself. By being really kind to yourself. By making yourself your next podcast guest every day. Mm -hmm. The way you treat me, you treat yourself. I love that. Yeah. No, I know. It's like, I feel, I always feel uncomfortable when people do things for me, but it's like, I'd rather do things for them. It's not because I'm not enjoying what they're doing for me. Absolutely. I love it. You know, but, but then I, it surprises me sometimes because that's not what I'm used to, you know, because it's just, I'm not wired that way. And like what you said, I'm just a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I'm the same. And, and unfortunately the, what lies behind the not receiving is not worthy. Mm -hmm. And receiving is actually probably your most important lesson right now. And I've been mm -hmm. working. It's so I've been hard. working on that. Yeah, like some people hand me, I'm like, I got it. No, thank you. I receive. You know, it's really, it's not easy. I even have a yeah. good friend finishing my book and I've never been the one in the front. I've always been the support behind the creative. So it's, it's challenging in ways that are kind of stupid, actually, because it's all in my head about that I'm not a writer and I'm not this. And a good friend of mine who's a creative doula offered me a few weeks ago that she'd help me. And immediately I went to, oh my goodness, no, I know you have your own things, but you know what? That's not being a good friend because I'm rejecting her gift. Oh yeah. Think about it that way. Like I'm mm -hmm. rejecting someone's love. Mm -hmm. And then so I, now when people offer me something and I feel uncomfortable and I'm triggered by it, I say, <laughs> you deserve it. Yeah. And I go in the middle. I would, if I were you, I would take a nice lipstick that you have. Mm -hmm. I would go to the mirror that you go to every morning and I would put on that. I deserve everything beautiful and read it every day. That's what I mean about finding your tools specific to you. When mm -hmm. I do play dates, I always talk to the people before so I can really get a handle on where they grew up, what music they like. So when they come into my playroom, they're immediately out of their head and they're suspended in childhood fun mm -hmm. because we didn't do that to ourselves then. And so then it's easier for me to go back and say, okay, when's the last time you did feel fantastic? And how do you bring some of that energy into your life now, every day? Mm -hmm. Is it seven-year-old? Is it four-year-old Grace? Who had the lock on feeling incredible? Who, when was the last time you wore two different shoes and you were like really proud of it? That's the person who's really the boss of you. And you, when yeah. you get back in line to that person, you're invincible. 
I love that. Yeah. So I know that it's joy and happiness could easily be confused. Can you talk yeah. to us the difference between joy and happiness? Because there definitely is a difference. Well, and, and it was funny when you said like people want quick fixes. When I mm-hmm. had my second child, I gained, I was 200 pounds after I delivered him. Right. I, gained, I ate everything. I was like macaroni and cheese or breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. Dessert. Sounds so good. I would do the same. <laughs> but, I mean, I learned I mean, that was my, yeah. my daughter. My son, I learned that there's no such thing as yeah. actually eating too. It's actually just eating for your health. And I, <laughs> but the point of the story is that, um, so after I lost weight, I was like, oh, this is not sustainable. Let me do something about this for myself because I just want to feel comfortable. And also I'm cheap and I want to get into my own clothes again and not buy new clothes. So this <laughs> woman who I worked with at the time, she said, she said to me one day, wow, you lost 60 pounds. What did you do? And I said, and I looked in her eyes and I realized she wanted the secret, the secret pill, the secret doctor, because mm-hmm. we don't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to tell you something you don't want to hear. I, had, I ate less and I exercised more. But that's the thing is we don't want to do the work because mm-hmm. we feel the pain or uncomfortableness and we've been trained to get away from it, avoid it. That's what addictions are. You know, whether you're a food addict, a relationship addict, a religious addict, whatever you take and you make the thing to numb you out, is the thing to help you avoid feeling your heart. Because it was so uncomfortable the first time that you asked your friends to do something and they said no and you felt rejected. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's so happiness to me feels like, uh, like that, like that quick fix pill, like just be happy. It feels like that very like man-made idea of something that you should do. Whereas joy, it's not about me. I'm not here to tell you, I'm not your guru. I'm reminding you, I'm, your, I'm like your bully friend, instigating you back into your own joy because you used to be there. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how difficult your upbringing was, you could, everybody can point to one moment, one day, one experience before they're 11 where they felt incredible. Where it was a day for what, no other reason for then they just, things were fantastic. They enjoyed mm-hmm. themselves, they played. That's your birthright, joy. We live inside joy. It's not enjoying like we look at it. Joy is supposed to be an activity around us. Enjoy. I am in joy. Enjoying myself. And so yeah. that's why it's different because it's an, it's an action. It's an energy. It's, a, it's something that you came loaded with. Nobody mm-hmm. can do it with your religion. It nothing to do with being a good woman, a good man, a good wife, a good husband. It's something that's there. Every spiritual faith, faith every metaphysical teacher talks about tapping back into the, your, your birthright of joy in different ways, even Jesus. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So joy lies within and happiness seems like it's just fleeting, like a fleeting temporary moment. Well, it could be. I think mm-hmm. the reason I stay away from it is because there's so many words that have been changed that that's not mm-hmm. the original meaning of it. I even learned recently that bravery means, you know, strength, but courage mm-hmm. is the Latin root is courage. I hope I say that right. It means the strength to tell the truth of your heart. Mm, yeah. Because other generations before knew that that was the hardest, that was bravery. Yeah. So getting back to that is what joy is, living in yeah. joy. I love that. So I want to know, what is a typical session with you? How long does it last? Can you quickly walk us through that? Yes. Well, you know, the quarantine season has changed everything. So typical, <laughs> what is typical these days? But what used to be, was that you make an appointment, I would send you this, I created this really fun uh, survey. It's like all emoji people asking you questions. And they're, it's, a list of, 
questions about music and different things that you enjoy so that when you arrive here, it's all happening. You walk in the door and you're like, the music that may be your favorite song when you were eight. And, you know, I, sometimes I hand someone very chic like you a ring pop that we have to oh. treat like a gorgeous diamond. And we just start to have this experience. And I have laid out every single thing that a kid would love. And so when you went to your friend's house and you're little, you decided you wanted to play. So when you come to my playroom, I follow you around because you're my guest, right? And I <laughs> have good manners. And then I watch you get into the activities. And it's everything from I have easels, we could paint, you know, we can make a, we could do a play date. I have musical instruments that are goofy. I'm gonna show you some, some musical instruments we can make. Oh. Music um, I have all kinds of things to color with. I have, look at this, hats. So fun, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we're adults, so everything's a little naughty. Um, <laughs> coloring books, all, all kinds of coloring books, different things. Ooh, I love that hip hop coloring book. It's a good one. I even have a fun one that's the 90s that's like all, anyway, the point of the story is, I follow you around and we start playing. And then as we start playing, I start to jump into your memories with you. So maybe you'll pick up this maraca and you start playing it and you're having a great time. Then I'm gonna start talking to you about it. I'm just like friends. So what do you love about this? And how often do you do it? And when did you do it last? And oh, I was on this cruise and I have this experience. And then a lot of times these pleasure moments lead to really uncomfortable moments. And as mm. we're playing and enjoying, we talk through it and we play and then we dance around, we feel things in our body. And I get you to close your eyes and think about where these sad feelings land and then where do the joy feelings land? And then let's untangle that. And sometimes a lot of these things are our stories that are not true. We created yeah. a lot of stuff on top of these ideas around who people in our lives are. I penalized and tortured my parents for 47 years about all the stuff they did wrong. You know, they were two teenagers. I was in foster care. We were homeless at times. We, we had a crazy upbringing. But then that same story can be changed to, I had a 17-year-old mother who raised me by herself with nobody helped her, fought to get me back from foster care, put herself through college, had her own business, able to raise me, I'm still alive, and I'm doing great in the world. So mm -hmm. it's changing that story for yourself about yourself through mm -hmm. play, because now you're, you're connected to your early days of when you lived in this space. You're, you're defying those things in yourself. You're chipping away at old stories that were the stories that made, you know, the reason I'm this way is because of this happened when I was, none of that's real. And even if it was real, it's like trying to get into Harvard University with a kindergarten education. <laughs> which is what we're doing with our emotions. Yeah. Because we, as soon as you feel something painful, if you're five years old, you shut it down. And yeah. you don't go back in there again. But then you're older and you want to be in a great relationship. Well, newsflash, you kind of have to go through all that. You have to mm -hmm. go through steps to untangle to then be open to the new. Erica Badu has this great song called uh, Bag Lady. Oh, yeah. And sometimes yeah. I have a playlist that's, um, that's called, uh, well, I have a few, but Sing for Your Life. But then I have one that's Talk to Yourself. I'll listen in the bathtub and it's songs that make me really have to analyze things. And when I was having divorce number three, I listened to that song. And basically what she's saying is like, how are you going to walk around with all these bags? You can't pick anything else up. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's true of our emotions. How are you going to enter a new relationship, even with a friend, me and you are friends. And every time you want to get together, I'm like, well, that one time my friend, Chloe, she did this thing. There's no in there because I've decided that it's, it's never going to work. I've already made the decision for our relationship. And we all do that with mm -hmm. every relationship, all the time, every day, including ourselves. 
So here at Hello Beauty, we have a philosophy and it's say hello to the beauty in you. What advice can you give to those who are trying to discover their beauty within? Yes, stay curious. Be a beginner's mind forever. Look at everything with curiosity like you've never seen it before. Because it's that, I, I once had a friend who was married for 40 years, 36 years at the time, an older woman. And I remember being at dinner at her house and her husband was telling the same stories over and over. But yet she listened with so much excitement every single time. Um, and it was so beautiful to watch their dynamic because he loved to tell these stories and she loved to hear them. And I remember asking her, I was like, doesn't that bore you to tears? And just, she said, no, that's crazy. We walked on the same block every day and noticed different things. So why are we so impatient when people tell us stories? Because we could hear something new. But that curiosity made love be a, a, available for them every time they were together, instead of them being frustrated with each other and impatient. So beauty is just having a, a curiosity like a child, being excited about, you know, I have this beautiful tree here that I love, this beautiful tree that I spend a lot of time with. Ooh, and I often yeah, look, gorgeous. I'll look, look at her and talk to her. And I see her every day. But then I'll notice like a different leaf or something else. And I think that childlike spirit, that excitement about seeing everything as new, keeps me very fresh and, and very excited and, and illuminating. Mm -hmm. I love that. 100%. I totally agree. So we actually, all of my guests and my listeners, they're always curious about what my guests use when, <laughs> in regards to beauty and makeup. So quickly talk to me about your hair care, makeup, and skincare routine morning to night. Quickly include products. Okay. Yeah. So right now I have braids, which I don't normally have because I just got it's sick so of cute. You have like those like little things on it. I I can't really see, but yeah. The shells. I know. I was like yeah, the shells. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. But normally my hair is curly and it's very dry. So I do. I use a lot of oil. Mm -hmm. I'm actually. I really. I I put a little oil inside my conditioner and I finger mm -hmm. that through my hair, which is a big part of it. And most important for me, I don't wash my hair a lot because it gets very dry. So I probably wash my hair once a week. Um, and I don't do anything that has harsh chemicals. I use things that are very natural. My skin is very sensitive. Um, I don't know if you want specific products, but I start in the morning. I, I do a bath every night with salts and magnesium flakes because I think it's really Ooh. important to bring your body, your energy levels down to prepare yourself for a bath. So I give myself a bath at night with oils and salts and really luxurious in the tub. And I put oil in my hair when I take a bath um, on, the, on, the shower, on the hair washing night. So while I'm sitting in the tub, I also put castor oil on my stomach and put a washcloth on when I get in the tub because we don't give up. We live in so much energy, especially being in urban cities. We have so much frenetic energy that we digest through our bodies. So mm. our stomachs, people are bloated or constipated, have problems because we're not giving our bodies time to properly digest. So castor oil is a natural oil that sits on there. And I'm too lazy to do a castor oil pack with the hot oil, water oil. So a good friend, a healer of mine said, just put it on your, tip, on your stomach, sit in the tub with the hot water and put a washcloth. So I do that. Um, oh. I do scrub one night a week and I do um, a daily cream. And then two nights a week, I do a nice, a beautiful oil. And I put the, let the oil soak in my skin as I, as I sleep. And uh, I love Dr. Brenner soap, obsessed. So I use yeah, that. I love that. Body and like, I used to, I used to be a, a big camper. So it used mm -hmm. to be my go-to for brushing my teeth teeth, wash my hair, everything. Everything, was, uh, washing your clothes. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I love, I, I love uh, the Ayurvedic philosophy. I think it's really works for me. I, I think it's so, again, America, there's no one size fits all anything. You know, there's no, everybody is different. We eat different foods. 
we'd have different experiences, we wear different clothes. So we can dabble with different spiritual faiths and different ideas and things that work for your body. No one, like I tried vegan, paleo, keto, none of these things worked. A mooditarian is what I am. So I really go by how I feel, what I, what, if I, that looks delicious or doesn't look delicious or I wanna connect to it or not. So I love the, there's a company called Aromedic and they, they, they take like uh, Ayurvedic principles and they make moisture and, and body cream and face, and I just really like this company. What is something exciting in store for you and Joy Strategist? Yeah, I'm writing a book. Ooh, exciting. So when it says, is it out? Classical Tales of Olo, I'm working on it. Um, and it's been an amazing process because the whole point of the book is it's a tale about sh showing people literally examples that are not us, so we don't have to feel triggered. But just one character going through all these experiences with friends and life and love and, and goals wow. and, and has to fight through these animated characters that are its ego and its brain, kind of its heart, all the ways that we superpower these characters in our lives around us. And who do we use to keep us strong? And who do we, you know, do we sit in our ego? I was in Panama and I saw this graffiti. It said, your ego is not your amigo. And I, I love that. But it's the truth. It's like, who do, we, who do we use as allies we rely on? And the whole book is teaching us that, as, as Albert Einstein and Walt Disney said all the time, your heart is where your imagination, you know, your imagination is the truth of you. Not knowledge and wisdom and all of these things come from your heart. Information and education, facts that comes from your brain. That's very different. Yeah, no, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. We're gonna definitely keep a lookout for your book. I'm excited for this. Where can they find you and connect with you to learn more about what you're doing? Yes, well, thank you, that's very kind. Um, I have I have Instagram at Grace Harry, at Grace Harry, and then I have a website, Play With Grace, with just the W, not the full width, playwgrace.com. Okay, for, well, it was a pleasure talking to you.